Welcome to the second episode of the Lion's Tales podcast. I'm your host, Triple. And first off, I want to thank you all for the overwhelming response to our first episode, All Tied Up. If you heard that episode, then you pretty much have a good idea of what's to come. My era at LU was filled with unbelievable stories. From alleged embezzlement, elaborate burglary of soft drinks, to identity theft. Which brings us to today's episode. I'm like, Coach, I'm like, what's going on? Like, you all right? Yo, man, they're not, they not answering the phone. Like, I, I think they're on the way, but I don't know because they're not answering the phone. And if you know anything about AI back during the Philly days, especially after they lost the chip back in the Philly, like, AI was all over the place. AI wasn't coming to no Lincoln. He was, like, <laughs> he was never coming. You heard right. Missing. Nowhere to be found. Left on red. It's 2004, and the world's most famous basketball player is supposed to be in Lincoln's rec room gearing up to play a much-anticipated and highly promoted spades tournament, but to no avail. But before we get to that, let me tell you about the basics. There were playing cards, a nervous assistant coach, and a red hoodie. We got in contact with the owner of that red hoodie and a very intricate piece to the story, Arnold Ford. <laughs> so, so, look, it's impossible to tell the story without like giving you the backdrop of the story. So around this time in Lincoln, right? So you you know, of course, you had all the different cliques, and at the time, um, Coach Eugene, you know, may he rest in peace. He came and he ended up being an assistant coach for the men's basketball team. And you know, when I when I first came to Lincoln, you know, the basketball team wasn't you know they didn't really have the best of the best players. They had people who hoop, but in terms of you know college players, we ain't really we couldn't really recruit like that. But Gene has so much pull in Philly, and he's like, you know, he was a name to be reckoned with back in Philly. So he recruited a bunch of guys from back home, and these weren't regular dudes. Like, these dudes that was, like, fresh out. But they could hoop. Like, these dudes could hoop. And they was like, some of them was like 30. Like, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> I know personally, I went to high school one of them. He graduated five years before I did. And this man, this man came up talking about, yeah, I'm playing basketball for late. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Never saw these dudes go to class, whatever. Anyway, so I say that to say, we always use that, you know, at college, especially at HBCU, Lincoln, we was always playing spades. Always. And me, we would get together, me and some of my friends, we would get together in the calf. You know, was, everybody plays spades. But when these dudes came to campus, they saw we play spades, they would start inviting us to their room to play spades, and it would be some serious money on the line. So we would go to their room. We would put, you know, they would put some serious money on the line. When I say serious money, I mean like twenty to fifty dollars per game. You know, what I'm saying, and back then that was like, you know, to a college student, that's a lot of bread. Yeah. So we, you know, twenty fifty dollars a game, and they were so smooth with it because they had all the jailhouse tricks. So these dudes was was like getting mad that they was losing because they was trying to. Some of them was trying to cheat. But they were still losing because, you know, you had people like Audie and Kiko. And these dudes was like, they was like professional spades players. They had a running list. They would walk around with lists in their pocket of who owed them money on campus, just like the, nobody could beat them. So Coach Gene got wind that all the spades was going on with his basketball players up in the dorms. And he organized a big spades tournament because he was like, if y'all going to be playing spades, you know, I guess, I guess he was like, I want to have an eye on it. I don't want y'all to be getting caught up. Because, you know, when money is involved, misunderstandings can happen, right? Right. So he organized the space tournament. 
big space tournament. I'm talking about at least, you know, 100, 150 people signed up for the space tournament. And the reason why it was so big, Trip, is because the winner of the space tournament was going to get a chance to play a space game with Allen Iverson and Aaron McKee. Now here's the dilemma. We have two multi-millionaire basketball players, one of them being the face of Reebok and one of the highest paid athletes at the time. And we have a spades game in the boondocks of Oxford, Pennsylvania, with a crowd of 100, eh, maybe 106 people tops. That's it. That's the dilemma. Back to the story. So, wow. at first, it didn't seem legit, but Coach Eugene, like I said, he was somebody in Philly. And at the time, AI, you know, he was still playing in Philly. And he knew AI. Like, he legitimately knew AI. This wasn't gas, like... He had pictures with the man. That was his homie. Really, his homie was Aaron McKee. But through Aaron McKee, like, he was cool with Allen Iverson. So he puts the flyer out. His flyer's all over campus. Come to the South for this tournament. It was an entry fee. 100, 150 people sign up. You know, you had to come with your partner. And you win this tournament, and you get to play against AI and Aaron McKee. So this is a big deal. Tournament is going on. Of course, Audie and Kiko win the tournament. So they went. So it was like the next day, um, you know, was supposed to be the big day when Allen Iverson comes to campus and he plays the winners of the space tournament, which was Audie and Keek. So people go down there, you would think it was a dollar holler. Like, it was crazy. He had music popping. The lights was low. I remember. It was crazy. It was crazy. Like, uh, it was literally like it was a vibe down there. I was there, yeah. <laughs> so... We go down there, and Audie and Keith, you know, these dudes, they was trying to act like they wasn't hype. They was, they was excited. They sitting there, you know, picking people off one by one, waiting for Allen Iverson to come. So it's like 8 o'clock. You know, he was supposed to be like 7. We knew he wasn't getting there at 7. 8 o'clock comes. We're like, all right, where's he at? 8.30 comes. We see Gene pacing back and forth, making phone, <laughs> phone calls, and ain't nobody on the other end. 9 o'clock. 9.30 comes, and Gene is still pacing back and forth, sweat coming down his face. <laughs> and I come to him. I'm like, Coach, I'm like, what's going on? Like, you all right? He's like, yo, man, they're not, they not answering the phone. Like, I, I think they're on the way, but I don't know because they're not answering the phone. And if you know anything about AI back during his Philly days, especially after they lost the chip back in the Philly, like, AI was all over the place. AI wasn't coming to he was like, he was never coming. But I, I think he was, was never gonna come. He was he never making it. To play a space game against Audie and Keith, but you know he told his man he was gonna come. Maybe owed him a favor. I don't know. So you know, nine thirty comes and Gene is sweat. So the boy Johnny, Johnny is down there. He comes up to me like, yo. You need to act like you Irish and walk in, just you know what I'm saying, play a little prank, pr- play a little prank on the people. Mind you, I'm five seven. Irish, <laughs> I know Irish is short, but Irish is at least six feet. You know, I'm five seven. I'm like, yo, how people gonna believe in Irish? You're like, yo, come on, it'll be funny. Let's just do it. Let's, just, you know what I'm saying? We having fun. So I'm like, all right. So I get this big red hoodie. I had a big uh, Yankee fitted on. And I got a bunch. I got a bunch of big dudes, a bunch of tall dudes, to walk around me, like as if they was like Security. my entourage. I should be in, right? 
So I think Izzy was one of them. You know what I'm saying? Kyle was definitely one of them. Johnny was one of them. And they all surround me. And they had somebody go in before us and be like, yo, he's here. He's here. <laughs> Everybody gets hyped. Like the music turns up. I don't know who the DJ was. They turn the music up. I remember the lights, the lights being shut off. The lights get low. I remember that. I walk in and I like got all these people around me and I like just got my head down and I'm walking and I just got my head down because obviously people knew who I was. I don't look nothing like I you know <laughs> so I walk in and people are around me. And mind you, it's a lot of freshmen down there too. It was a bunch of freshmen, and I wish I remembered this girl's name. I don't remember her name, but this girl, she was a huge AI fan. And as soon as I stepped foot through the doorway, and I hear people start screaming. Now the people who were screaming were nowhere near me, but they just saw like the aura that was around. You know what I'm saying? Me, you had an aura. Thinking I was, it was, I was it orange, was, and I had an aura. It, it was orange. It was, it was orange. an aura. <laughs> so I walk in. And at first, it was, it was funny to me. Because I'm like, yo, people really think it's obviously people really screaming, clapping, cheering, audience keep getting hype, ready to go. And then it almost got serious because all of a sudden, at my feet, mind you, I'm looking down as I'm walking. At my feet, I see this girl just pass out. And when I say, yo, Trip, when I say she passed out, I mean, she, she flatlined. I seen her. <laughs> I was I was right I was right behind behind to her left behind her like about five feet behind her. That's right because you was one of the when you was one of the niggas that was around. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I walk I see this girl and she literally she screamed at her and then she just passed out at my feet and I'm thinking maybe she like got low to like look up and get a vantage point from below but no nah. she was she was passed out bro. She was just so in awe of Allen Iverson walking in the sub at Lincoln University <laughs> that she passed out. And at that point, they're like, all right, yo, turn the lights on. So they turn the lights on, and I've never seen more disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> I can't front, I was disgusted too. And this, I, is, I, this is before, like, I really knew you, knew you. No, no. When you took that hoodie off and that hat off. <laughs> And I saw the beard. I was disgusted, bro. Yeah, yeah, dog. It was, it was, it was wild. It was crazy. And I, I, I like people. People look. And at first, I thought it was going to be like, oh, uh, you know, give a little clap, a little golf clap. Oh, that was good, Arnold. Nah, like, nah. People was mad, yo. People was like real mad because at the end of the day, people started thinking, yo, the whole time this was the plan. The plan the whole time was for this dude, Arnold, to walk in acting like he's Iverson after we waited down here for two and a half hours. That's I what I thought. really tell people, like, yo, no, this wasn't the plan. This is just something that me and Johnny concocted, like, real fast <laughs> just now. But nah, like, people was not, it was not having it, bro. Um, so, yeah, so Gene, like, Coach Eugene, he laughed it off because he was like, that kind of took the attention off of him for a little bit. Like, the heat started coming to me, and it took the heat off of him. But yeah, man, like she straight passed out, bro. Yeah, man, that, that was crazy. Did Allen, did Iverson ever say, and did he ever get back in contact with Coach? So I listen. It was like it was days and weeks after that, because Coach Gene kept saying, "Yo, I'm gonna make this right. I gotta make this right." 
Like, he has to make this right. I obviously got to make this right. So he kept saying, we're going to get him to come up. Like, we just got to, you know, whenever he can, we just going to get him to come up. But he never came, man. Like this, I said before. To this he was day, never, he never coming to Lincoln. <laughs> like, he was never going to come. So, but, 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 rest in peace, you know, to, to Coach Gene, because he had the best of intentions, man. He was trying to, he was really trying to make sure that he kept his players out of trouble. Um, he was trying to make sure that he brought stuff, you know, assigning stuff to campus. And he wasn't even like a full-time to my knowledge, he wasn't like a full-time employee at Lincoln. He just, you know, coached. He was assistant coach of the basketball team. But, you know, he was trying to bring stuff to campus that, you know, we all could get down with. That was that was dope. Even even though it didn't pan out the right way, it was definitely a dope thing for him to try to try to bring the Lincoln up. For sure, for sure. Rest in peace, Coach. What? Straight out, man. So there you have it. An anticipated celebrity spades game turned into a last-ditch effort to save face. Some call it a lighthearted prank. I call it identity theft. But then again, I didn't graduate with a criminal justice degree. All I know is Alan Iverson and Aaron McKee owe us a visit to Lincoln. This episode is dedicated to Coach Eugene Lett. This was actually supposed to be our first podcast episode. Coach Lett and I were working on it days before he passed away. And I'm sure he would have wanted us to still tell the story, and I hope we did it justice. Rest easy. This has been a Black City Media presentation. We want to thank our guest Arnold Ford and make sure you subscribe to the Lion Tales podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, and all other DSPs. Also, to keep this podcast going, feel free to donate via Cash App to dollar sign Lion's Tales Pod. That's dollar sign L-I-O-N-T-A-L-E-S-P-O-D. Our team thanks you. Until next time, I'm your host Triple. I'll see you soon.